We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now the pick by Martinez is up and in and hits Gerald Williams on the left hand. Dig your cleats in. Now he's going to charge the mound. He's going to charge Martinez, and the fight is on. He got a right hand in before he's grabbed from behind by Baratek, and now the benches are empty. It's time for Hour 2 of the Hot Corner with Patrick Harris. Jerzynski wanting to know, am I going? He is going. And Mike Lynch. It is a collision at the plate, and Pierzynski not only bangs into Barrett, bangs onto the plate, and here they go. Step up to the plate for hour two of the hot corner. Posebnik getting into it with Barrett. I mean, there is some hooking going on in the bottom of two piles. On 1080. Whoa, Bautista got off. He could handle with that. Pretty solid contact right there. The fan. Welcome to the second hour of the hot corner. If you missed any of the first hour, you can download us on the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080thefan.com. Speaking of podcasts, the Beers on Us podcast does drop tomorrow around four o'clock as Mike and I got something fun, something great, something exciting in store for you guys. There's a lot of news going on in the beer industry right now, uh, whether you're Widmer or my homeboy's done a flat tail taking shots at people. Um, so download that wherever you get your podcast. That'll be dropped tomorrow. Plus the beer of the week should be a fun one too. Um, so enough about the Astros. Enough about this. There's a lot more that's going to play out. I think we get a lot more to get into. As we'll do that. Fair or foul at the bottom of the hour. Um, but I do want to kind of talk about, uh, I want to give some love to awards. I like awards. Okay. We talk about some stuff. I know we could probably do a two-hour show on the Astros and cheating. Uh, yeah, we probably could, but we would have had to have saved some of our hot takes from the last hour into this hour because yeah. I'm, I'm kind of spent on my on my hot hot opinions on that. Well, Mike, I'll tell you this. I don't think we're done. No, I'm sure there's going to be plenty more information, probably from other teams, too, that gets leaked out because of this. I bet you the Astros are sitting on some stuff, and if this, if this happens, and let's say, I don't know what punishment would be, but let's mm-hmm. say they get punished for it, there's going to be a little, a little leak. Boop. Yep, yep. This team was doing this. Yeah, the Astros might be in the best position of everyone if they're the ones that are caught first. Maybe. I'm also interested in what Major League Baseball does about this. So far, they've done nothing. All right, let's dive into this. Let's do it. Oh, you want to do it? Yep, let's call an audible. All right. Um, This is where it gets interesting, (laughs) is what does Major League Baseball do? Because I've seen this on the articles. Major League Baseball threatening you with draft picks. Oh, God. I don't know what to do. We just went to the World Series and we won Rookie of the Year and a Cy Young and we traded, you know, our... We might win MVP too. Yeah, and we just traded, you know, of our top five prospects, we sent number four and five for Zach Granke. Like, oh, no, please don't hurt us with draft picks. Can Major League Baseball do anything about this? Because I don't think they can. I think Major League Baseball can sit there and say, hey, you're breaking the rules. This is not, this is wrong. But what are they going to do? They're going to strip the Astros of a 2017 World Series? No. They could. I mean, are, that- are they going to? Have they ever done that in the history of baseball? What is this, Reggie Bush? 
No, I don't think they have. It's a very NCAA move, but I think that would resonate more than in the NCAA because MLB has never done anything like that. That would be a power move. I actually think this is why this doesn't bother me because I know nothing's going to come from it. I mean, you could you could suspend the manager for an extended period of time. You could fire the GM or have him be permanently suspended or whatever. You could... Uh, I mean, draft picks, you might roll your eyes at that, but you could have a really heavy-handed punishment on that, which could cripple a franchise moving forward. Right. Um, I mean, let's say it's like a 10 years of, of draft pick losses, not completely, but just a percentage each year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be really bad on a farm system over, over the course of time. Now, in baseball with no cap system uh, or, or or no um, salary cap, uh, that is is a, you can kind of work around that, but... I mean, there are things you can do to really prove a point that this is not okay. I just don't know if Major League Baseball has the balls to do it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think they have the balls to do it at all. I think they're going to say, we come out and we we don't think this is a great thing. What do they do with steroids, man? Steroids is a way bigger deal than this. A way bigger deal than this. And what do they do? They said, we're going to up drug testing. We're not going to do anything. Strike three, you're out forever. Who, who's hit that? Two people? Yeah, one or two people. Yeah, Bartolo Colon didn't hit it. Manny Ramirez didn't hit it. Alex Rodriguez didn't hit it. You know what I mean? It's like, I love Major League Baseball to death, and I feel like there's a lot of me that does stick up for the commissioner's office, that does stick up for a lot of these guys that don't do anything when need to. This is just a great point. Nothing is going to come from this. What on earth makes you think Major League Baseball will do anything about this? Uh, the only thing that I could think of, and, and I said this to you in a break, is videos and public pressure, right? Use the NFL as an example. A league that is uh, known as a league that doesn't punish anybody or, or, or has very bad low punishments. Actually, to be honest, all the sports leagues kind of have that reputation, right? Right. Um NBA, I mean, they fined the Clippers $50,000 for lying about Kawhi Leonard. Cool, $50,000. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Steve Ballmer's really going to feel that $50,000. Um, NHL doesn't do anything. Nope. Um, NFL doesn't suspend or, or, or super light on all sorts of PEDs and domestic violence. I mean, they turn a blind eye to PEDs and their domestic violence charges are right. a joke. Well, and that's what I was, that's what I was alluding to is this is always the first thing that pops in my head when I see video evidence is Ray Rice. Baltimore Ravens running back Ray Rice, uh, accused of domestic violence, gets given two-game suspension. The video was released in an elevator of him cold-clocking his wife and dragging her by her feet out of the elevator. It's pretty rough. All of a sudden, he's never played again, Yeah. right? The video evidence is there. The denials from the Astros are there. The pressure from the fans and the media will likely ratchet up, right? But do you think the fans do care that much? Yeah, I do. Yeah? I do. I I think generally... I guess I didn't expect people to care so much about the Patriots with Spygate. And you saw how much they did. People still talk about it today, 10 years later. Right. Um, Tom Brady's a cheater. And the it's Patriots, like Tom Brady wasn't holding the video right, camera. The Patriots didn't get a big punishment from that either. But um, if there's enough pressure and we have the video evidence, which we didn't have of the Patriots, by the way. Truth. 
um, then that's going to force Major League Baseball's hand. Yeah. And if they don't do anything, then that's going to hurt their reputation as an organization that can't, you know, can't keep control of its teams, of its employees, quote unquote. So, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know what they want to do. I'm with you. I've always stuck up for Major League Baseball. I feel like they do a pretty good job in the commissioner's office. I've loved Rob Manfred. I thought he's been a way better commissioner and a big upgrade over Bud Selig. But I thought he's way better than I expected him. I expected him to be pretty lame duck. But this, to but me, good. feels a lot like stuck in the old ways. We can't punish a team for this kind of thing. Do you think this could be something to break that boundary? It could be. That this could be this could be something that paves that starts to pave the way for a new future MLB. I think it's an opportunity for it. Um, I think the NBA just had an opportunity to do that and they failed with the China thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, Adam Silver came out with the most wet blanket neutral statement of all time, and I understand that you've got a lot of money tied up there, and I get it. There's there's oh, multiple interests, but there's holy not cow. enough time on this show for me to talk about the NBA in China. Right, Oof. but I mean, like, holy cow, what an opportunity Oof. to take a step away from what is a usual kind of thing that leagues do and make a statement. And this and this is in a league in the NBA, which is the most progressive and the most open minded, and at least flouts itself as that. And they come out and give that statement from Adam Silver. It's awful. Yeah, but. It's like that opportunity for Major League Baseball to say, hey, the sport is changing. The way we live our life is changing. The information we have is changing. We're going to change how we treat these things. But as I say that, I don't buy for a second that they're going to do anything about it. Yeah. I do not buy for a second that what they do is going to be impactful enough to stop this from happening moving forward. Um, I have a feeling that in four months, when we probably forget about this because nothing's been done, it's going to be the the favorite thing of every Astros fan to come into every single comment section on social media and be like, "Oh, you thought we were cheating? We're just that good, right?" Because every and I'm guilty of this too. I'm sure you are too. When Syracuse got caught cheating, I was like, "Oh, Jim Beheim's the greatest. Shut up, right?" You, you defend your team to to absolutely no regard, no matter what. Yeah. Um, it'll be Astros fans doing that because the MLB didn't do anything. I mean, that's just how it is. Man, I wonder. I'm just so curious. To be the fly on the wall to see us in four years looking back on what this actually means. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm, I put my money on it meaning nothing. Well, because, I mean, I would I would argue that we sit here, I would say we are about – we're 15 years from the Mitchell report in 2004. We're 15 years from steroids at their height. Do people really talk about steroids anymore? They talk about it as an era that happened in sports, but people still hate Barry Bonds, but that's because he's an a-hole. Well, they hate him because he was a cheater too, but But I I mean, it's fading. Yeah, it's fading, but it's fading. And so I wonder if this is something like it. I don't know. Well, it's it's fate. That era is fading, but there's still punishments for PEDs, and they're frankly pretty severe. I mean, if you consider it, um, you haven't seen too many people hit the maximum of that. But I mean, A Rod had a full season suspension. Henry Mejia got suspended for po- testing positive forever three times. Um, you know, all that. I mean, it's it's happened, and they're pretty severe. It's just the memories of those 15 years ago is is frankly gone. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's I don't feel like it's as big of a turning point as steroids was 
because steroids was way bigger than this. But I feel like it is a turning point in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back, I do want to get into some award stuff. We just got sidetracked, and I, I, like we said, we could talk about this all night. So we'll get into some awards. I do want to talk about a little Jacob deGrom. I do want to talk some Justin Verlander. And can the Astros, speaking of, sweep the awards? We'll get to that next. This is the Hot Corner After Dark. It's 918 here, Portland Sports Leader. We do have fair foul coming up at the, in the next 15 minutes. Uh, awards get dropped. This is also always a fun time of the season. We get MVPs tomorrow, but we got Cy Young's Rookie of the Year and Manager of the Year. Correct. Rocco Baldelli takes one home in the American League. I yep. think that's good for him. I think all three guys were deserving, so I'm not. I wouldn't have been surprised by any of them winning it. But uh, yeah, Baldelli certainly was deserving for getting that Twins team into the playoffs. And uh, Mike in St. Louis. We're gonna call him Mike in St. Louis. You just have to say Schilt. I'm going to go with Mike in St. Louis. <laughs> uh, takes one home for the Cardinals. <clears throat> Excuse me. They fire Mike Matheny, who you think is the ultimate <clears throat> Cardinals manager, right? Cardinals hire Mike Matheny. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a Cardinals move. Right. I dig it. I love it. And he was terrible. It's great. And he was terrible. Yeah. Now uh, the Royals have hired him. Yeah. It's going to be probably be terrible again. Yeah. Uh, and Mike wins for St. Louis. I dig it. I'm really happy for Rocco Baldelli. He seems like a great baseball guy. So good on him. Yeah. Uh, a guy who never fully lived up to the, well, really didn't live up to the hype at all. He was a number one prospect at one point, but uh, good to see him. I, I like the the culture that he's fostering in that clubhouse. I kind of like this trend, and it's it's a lot of the younger managers doing it, of uh, fostering the player first clubhouse. And, like, it, it just kind of feels more... It feels like it would be a more fun environment to play baseball in. Yeah. You're not constantly under pressure and getting yelled mm-hmm. at by some curmudgeon. It's like, a, hey, you guys do what you want as long as you're making sure you get what you need done. Do what you want. And I love the idea that Nelson Cruz goes to Rocco Baldo and he's like, you remember that time you robbed that home run from me? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, coach. <laughs> uh, so that's great. And then you slide over to the rookie of the year. I mean, the polar bear, you know me. Maybe I should be a Mets fan. Maybe that's what I'm realizing is that I should be a Mets fan. Or it's a lot more fun to not be a Mets fan and love the only two good players on the Mets and laugh at them from afar. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's me. <laughs> Might but, be. but Pete Alonso, the polar bear, he gets the National League Rookie of the Year, and Obvious. I'm jacked for him. Obvious, yeah. Yeah, he had 53, he had 53 bombs, and he's super fun to watch. That was the record for a rookie, too, beating yeah. up Aaron Judge for a couple year, from a couple years ago. Yeah, and I like that. I liked him a lot. I thought he was – I think, you know, when we talk about – you know, we talk about the the Juan Soto. You know, we were on with John Sukanik last week, and we were talking about the Juan Sotos and the Ronald Acuna Juniors. I feel bad that I forgot to mention Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is really fun to watch. I think it's because he doesn't seem young, because he looks like a grandpa. Yeah, the he's, polar bear. He's he's already he's like, my guy. He's already balding, and he's like, what is he like, twenty four or twenty five? So he's an older rookie, or was an older rookie. And I mean, yeah, he's just, he doesn't appear like young, young and exciting, but uh, he rakes, he rakes he really, rakes. really, really, really well. He rakes. We'll see if he has a little uh, Patty Mahomes slip up or not. We'll see. Uh, and sorry, cheap shot. <laughs> um, and uh, slide over the American League, Jordan Alvarez, one of the top prospects that the Astros would not let go. And, and he swoops in and snags that he was, he was phenomenal at the end of the year. He played I, uh, fairly well in the World Series, too. Rookie of the year for me was the least 
exciting because we knew who was winning both of them. Fair. You knew Alvarez was winning. You knew Alonzo was winning. Alvarez was completely awful in the playoffs until the World Series, and then he yeah. hit well. Um, but uh, watching him in the regular season, although maybe now he was getting help from the dugout Ooh. somewhere. Uh, man, Crack. he was really good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He was good. So the Astros take home that award, and they also snag a Cy Young award. And Justin Verlander beats Garrett Cole, and I think this is interesting. That was a little surprising to me. I think it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of people think it's surprising that Justin Verlander wins it when the talk of the season was Garrett Cole, correct? Well, I was looking at I was looking at some stats, just out of curiosity. And I'm kind of looking at some stats side by side with Verlander and Cole. They're much closer than you think. They're a lot closer than you think. Uh Verlander, 21 wins. Cole 20 wins, but I think both of us would agree that wins are. But getting over 22 guys in the same season, that's still pretty impressive. But I think old school voters still love wins. That that, that old stat that they won't let go of. I mean, it, it probably didn't make a difference in this vote, but yeah. Verlander, ERA 258. Garrett Cole 250. Verlander's got him by 10 innings. Garrett Cole gave up more hits. The same amount of runs. Verlander has five more earned runs, but he has seven more home runs as well. Didn't he lead the American League in giving up home runs or like top three? 36 home runs given up yeah. by Justin Verlander. Didn't matter because he had a 258 ERA. Garrett Cole gave up 29. It's still a lot. Yeah, it is. Um, Garrett Cole walked six more people than Justin Verlander. He also struck out like... 26 more strikeouts than Justin Verlander was Garrett Cole. The whip, Justin Verlander's got him. And the opponent batting average, Justin Verlander's got him. So I wonder what it was that voters gave it to Verlander instead of Cole. Do you think it was the name? It might have been the name. It might have, frankly, been something as simple as the eye test. Although if you watch both of them pitch, I feel like you would have picked Cole. But um, that was just my eyes telling me that. Um I'm not 100% sure. The stats were close enough to where I guess it was probably a moot point. And you could tell in the vote. I mean, Verlander won by like five points, mm-hmm. which is a minuscule amount in voting for these kind of awards. Um, it was probably just came down to personal preference, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Like when you, when you, when you saw your team play the Astros, because the people who vote for this are guys who write for different teams. They cover different teams. Who did you want to see least or see less? Verlander or Cole? That's probably who you voted for. Yeah. It was I'd, very, very close. Yeah. If, if you look at it blindly, I would probably rather face Garrett Cole than Justin Verlander just because I know that name on the back. Uh, yeah. As a Cleveland Indians and fan. I that because watching this year, I would not want to face Cole. Right, right. But as a Cleveland Indian fan, like, I hate Justin Verlander. <laughs> like, what's next? Do I get Max Scherzer instead? If you made the World Series. If Rick Porcello's on the mound, I'm jacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wonder. But I mean, it. I mean, Verlander's got him in a lot of good stats. I mean, I think you could argue because I think another big thing, and this would shock me if it actually factored into voters' thoughts, but it might factor into mine. Most of the home runs that Justin Verlander gave up were one-run shots. Yeah. They were not guys on base. I'm sure the same could be said for Cole as well and because they didn't put anybody on base. And in a season where... There's a lot of ball juice talking, guys just jumping on pitches, swinging for the fences instead of just putting it in play. Uh, maybe he wasn't punished for that. I don't know. Might be the case. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I don't think you can really be mad at who won the award. I mean, like, no, 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 no. I no. I think it's fine if it goes either way. If you're trying to have a hot opinion on it or something, I don't think you can be upset that Verlander beat Cole. But um, just a little surprising. That's you, all. You would have voted for Cole. Yes. Yeah, I probably would have too. I probably would have too. Just he looks so scary in the end. Just watching him throughout the regular season. I mean, he was. He was unhittable. Unhittable. Yeah. Yeah. The High only fastball, time... the slider darting away. I mean, it was. Verlander was hittable. He just was good. Yeah. That's just how it felt when I was watching him. Obviously, the numbers are very close. The best news of this whole thing is that none of them stole a Cy Young from the best pitcher in baseball. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacob deGrom is still the best. Too bad he's on the Mets. <laughs> I don't care. He's so good. He's so good. No one was touching him in the in in the National League. That's his award right now. Who were now. the other finalists? It was Scherzer, him. Scherzer was good this year. I think Kershaw was up there, too, because Kershaw was oh, good. Ryu was the other finalist. Ryu, yeah. Kershaw and Ryu were good, but at the end of the day... I think Jacob DeGrom just quietly has that one eight three ERA, yeah. and you're like, what? I think it would have gone to Ryu if not for two starts in the second half where he got absolutely shelled. Yeah. He gave up like 15 runs in two starts, and his ERA went from like 1.1 to 2. Yeah. And it was like, oh, uh-oh. And then DeGrom's over here just quietly going eight innings, striking out nine. Yeah. Giving up two runs. I don't think he gave up three runs more than like once this year, right? Something like that. He's so good. He is. Riddle me this, Batman. Jacob DeGrom, best pitcher in baseball right now. Mm. Sure, I'll give it to you. Nice. I think Cole's a close second. But I think Garrett Cole's pretty good, too. I'll give it to you. Yeah. And there's some other guys out there that I, that I do enjoy a lot as well. I like the young kids. You know me. I love the... Uh, I, I want to re- uh, rephrase that a little bit there, buddy. No. You know me. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> uh, but I love the Flaherty's of the world. I love the Max Freed's of the world and those kind of guys. But, yeah, for my money right now, it's Jacob DeGrom. And it's going to be Jacob DeGrom until I'm told otherwise. And my last place fantasy teams, plural, will uh, ride or die with Jacob DeGrom. All right. And that's how we do stuff. Real quick, uh, MVP tomorrow, who you got? Oh, boy. Um can I say I'm going to say Mike Trout because I don't want the Astros to sweep the awards, uh, but it's probably going to be Bregman. I'm going to guess Bregman, but say that Mike Trout should be the MVP. Uh, I also would like to say that I don't understand how DJ LeMay he was not in the final three. That absolutely blows my mind. National League. What did I say when we talked about this a month or two ago? Did I say Bellinger would pass him? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Bellinger. Um. I'm totally with you on, like, everything you're saying. Who should be the MVP? It should be Mike Trout and Christian Yelich, without a doubt. Who's going to be the MVP? It's going to be Cody Bellinger and Alex Bregman. And that's just how it's going to be. How is TJ LeMahieu not in the top three? How DJ LeMahieu is not How is the... Marcus Simeon the third guy? How is DJ LeMahieu not the MVP? I don't know. Because if I had a vote, I'm probably voting for DJ LeMahieu. He was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And then you watch that Houston series when he claws the Yanks back into that game. He was 0 for 4 in that game and goes yard to tie it in the late innings. That, my friend, is like 
Russell Wilson, bad mamma jamma type stuff. That is what we call an MVP. That felt really good until the next inning. But yeah. Well, I know, but DJ Mayhew didn't do anything about that. I know. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> you know, Chapman, the look on Chapman's face says it all. I agree. I think this this DJ LeMayhew not being there reminds me when Kluber won the Cy Young over Felix Hernandez is what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's like, what? You like Kluber, you clearly didn't watch Felix Hernandez. I mean... You like Mike Trout, you like uh, Alex Bregman, why you Marcus weren't Simeon? watching DJ. Marcus Simeon had a great I year. I know he did. He had a fantastic year. But if you compare the numbers, LeMahieu was better. LeMahieu was better than all three. Okay. I'm happy that you're on my side on this. I say it as MVP. No one's better than Mike Trout. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is. And very few people are better than Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman is a better player than DJ LeMahieu. No offense. No, he is. He's a better player. However, if we're going to talk MVP, with all the injuries, all the stuff going around in New York, DJ LeMahieu is the MVP. Congratulations to Alex Bregman. On your 2019 Congratulations to the cheating Houston Astros on sweeping the awards in 2019. That's how we do it. But losing the World Series. (laughs) Huzzah! To Howie Kendrick. (laughs) 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 And and Adam Eaton. (laughs) All right, when we come back, fair or foul as we wrap this bad boy up. This is the hot corner, but first there's Mike with sports. This is fair or foul without Joe Fisher. That means Mike Lynch is in charge. So, without further ado, Michael Lynch. Yeah, so I was uh, on Twitter ranting about the Blazers, so I didn't do a lot of prep for this segment. Uh, but I did have an idea as this uh, as the music bed was playing. I was like, ah, crap. I got to do something about this. So, how about we look at some of the finalists for the awards? Okay. And not look at maybe the most popular stats, but see who led in certain other stats among the finalists. DJ LeMayhew. Well, I'm going to start in the National League. <laughs> the finalists for the MVP award are Christian Yelich, yes. Cody Bellinger, yes. and Anthony Rendon. Oh, yeah, Rendon. Oh, that guy's pretty good. Cha-ching, cha-ching. He might also win the MVP if we're being honest here. He, he could. could. He could win it. He could. Um, which guy of these three was the most patient and walked the most. Ooh, of Bellinger, Yelich, and Rendon. Correct. I do know that Cody Bellinger had a lot more discipline at the plate this year. He struck out less. His average was higher. I do know that Bellinger was better at the plate. And if I'm not mistaken, I do think Christian Yelich's numbers are fairly similar to last year's numbers. Rendon, who just went off the charts. I think Rendon would be the easy answer, but I think I'm going to go with Christian Yelich. I think Yelich had the best plate discipline. You should have stayed with your original thought. It was Cody Bellinger. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I know his stats are so much better this year than they were last year. But I didn't know if he really got it. Bellinger had 95 walks and just 108 strikeouts. Almost a one-to-one ratio, which is quite impressive. And how many strikeouts did he have last year? I feel like he knocked on 200. Last year, he had 151. Okay, that's not knocking, but 50 more strikeouts. And he had 30 less walks last year. That's, That's a good move for him. 
Christian Yelich had 80 walks to 118 strikeouts. Anthony Rendon, 80 walks to 86 strikeouts. Ooh, I love that Rendon number. I but, love that uh, strikeout number. Bellinger on base, just that much more. On base percentage of 406 for Cody Bellinger. Woo! 412 for Anthony Rendon, though. So he did uh, He did have the run up. Well, he had the better batting average. I also, mean, uh, Yelich, though, 429. Less games. Right. 429. Less, game, less games by what? 15? He played... Yeah. Yeah, that's not that much. He only played 130, but those guys had days off, too. So. Right, right. All right, American League MVP finalists. Don't make me start liking Cody Bellinger, okay? Don't do that to me. I'm not doing that anything. That stat too. looked pretty nice. I'm not doing anything, But that you. Rendon 86-80 to 80 was super sexy, too. It is pretty nice, yeah. He doesn't strike out at all. I love it. Um, the AL MVP finalists, I'm going to argue nowhere near as good as the NL MVP finalists this year in terms of stats. Uh, across the board in terms of stats. Uh, what, 340 home runs doesn't get you uh, doesn't get you an MVP in the American League? I'm going to go with on-base percentage on this one. Okay. Alex Bregman, Mike Trout, Marcus Simeon. Who had the best on-base percentage this fine season? Well, you're going to make me think it's Mike Trout. You know, obviously, first thought is Mike Trout. Now, Alex Bregman does play on a better team. And Michael Brantley bats in front of him. There's a good chance, you know, Brantley had a pretty good average this year. There's a good chance he got on, so Bregman saw pitches. But that can also work against you. Uh, Mike Trout is the best player since Mickey Mantle. Maybe the best player since King Griffey Jr. So you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I wonder if this is sneakily Marcus Simeon, simply because... He had such a great year. What would else do it? However, I'm going to give it to Mike Trout. Thank you for going back to your original thought because it's Mike Trout. Yeah. Uh, Mike Trout's on-base percentage this year in 134 games, 438. Uh, That's stupid. You want to know what it was last year? Hmm. 460. Yeah. So he had a down year. He did. 291, 45 home runs, 104 RBIs, 438 OBP a down year. Is this the first year he's batted under 300? No. Uh, 2014, 287, 2015, 299. 299. Just a bit outside. Just a bit outside. Bregman had a uh, 423 on-base percentage, so quite good. Uh, Simeon's not so good. 369, at least compared to the other guys. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw a really interesting thing the other day, news for note. After this season, do you know what Mike Trout's career OPS is? I just closed this page or else I would just tell you. His career OPS, 1240. One. Oh, just 1,000? Yeah. It's a pretty nice career OPS. That is very nice. I love yeah. how you were like, 1.2 something. Because you've seen that in seasons. Guys have really right, high right, OPSs. Right. But his career OPS is 1. I'm just looking at this. So Marcus Simeon had 20 more runs. These are rough numbers because I'm doing the quick math. Than DJ LeMayhew. LeMayhew had 10 more hits than Marcus Simeon. Simeon had 10 more doubles and five more triples and seven more home runs. Simeon had seven more home runs than LeMahieu? LeMahieu had 10 more RBIs. Simeon walked 40 more times than LeMahieu. Uh, struck out 10 more times than LeMahieu. Average LeMahieu was beating him by 40. On base percentage, he beats him by 10. 
slugging percentage basically tied. Does that change your opinion on, on that? No, it doesn't. It and doesn't I've, change mine either, but it's closer than I thought. It's a lot closer than I thought. And <clears throat> I actually picked up Marcus Simeon in one of my fantasy leagues about midway through the year. And I know we laugh all season that my team sucked. But Simeon was a, was a saving grace uh, for one of those teams. I can't remember what league it is. I mean, almost to the point where it's like, should you keep this guy? The answer is no. But I think Simeon had a great year. And somebody had to have a great year for Oakland to be the potential threat they were. Chapman didn't have that breakout year we all thought they did. I know that from fantasy. Matt Olson, Chris Davis had a down year, which might be the projection of the future that is Chris Davis. I just think that everything the Yankees went through early on in the year with injuries and unknowns and pulling in nobodies that DJ LeMahieu was the steal of the offseason of any player on any team in any position. I think DJ LeMahieu was left for dead. I think Colorado cut bait on him, thinking this guy's done. Let's not give him a payday. And I thought the Yankees utilized him not just the best they could, but he played the best. He played the DJ LeMahieu baseball we know he can play. And the fact that he doesn't get to sit in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation, I think is a sham. Does he Does he deserve it? Is he going to win it? Maybe not. But I think he should be sitting at the table. This is something that I didn't know. So this is going to be my final question. It's not really a fair foul, but I'm just using this as a, as a reason. Um, all of my other questions weren't fair fouls either. Who are the other two Rookie of the Year candidates in the American League and the National League behind Alvarez and Pete Alonso? Uh, I believe in the American League, there's Mercado from the Indians. Nope. No? Um, Both are in the same division, if that helps. Not as the Astros, but they're in the same division as themselves. Um, One of them is a pitcher. One of them is a hitter. Vladdy Jr.? No. Right division, though. You'll never get the pitcher. Ever. You probably never heard of the pitcher. And the hitter, but he's in the division. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not an Oriole. No. The pitcher is. The pitcher is? Yeah. Well, I'm not going that route. John Means is his name. Yeah, no way. Thank you for beating that out. Um, I don't know. DH, infielder, outfielder, played it all. As a last name that doesn't sound the way it looks. I don't know. Brandon Lau. He's a rookie? I didn't know that either. I feel like he played most of last year. Apparently not. He must have played below the minimum to still be a rookie. Well, Brandon Lau, I love. And he was hurt a lot of this year, too. Otherwise, he might have done better. National League. Behind Pete Alonso, one pitcher, one hitter. <sighs> Oof. Oof. One of the guys fits into the category of you didn't think he was a rookie, but apparently he still is. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, you should know at least one of them. Uh, Tatis Jr. Correct. Mike Soroka, the other. Oh, oh, fair. I, that's the guy. He he played last year, but didn't have enough games to not count as rookie this year. I feel like Brandon Lau is way more surprising than Soroka. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like Soroka I can buy, but Brandon Lau, I'm like, aren't you just, you know, Jed Lowry 2.0? I thought Brandon Lau was like 32 years old. <laughs> yeah, right? Aren't you? Did you come from the Oakland organization? You know, like the, that's just what you seem like.
That's it. That's fair. Or foul. Oh, that's fair or foul. Thank you, Mike. When we come back, we will mail this bad boy in and finish this up. This is the Hot Corner After Dark, 1080 The Fan. My team is being ravaged so hard. Nom, nom, nom. I just get off at weird times. Yeah. You're just trying to slip it in there. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Is that really on- me saying the yeah? Because that's yeah. in my my range. I think it's you, yeah. Yeah. That's not me. What on earth was I doing? I don't know, but play it again. Yeah. I know it doesn't sound like that you. That is but- you on the back end. You hear yeah. the little clip? Yeah. Yeah. That's your voice. That's me. So what am I doing? I don't know. He's already on top of him when he's going down. Yeah, I know. Like, we're used to that. <laughs> I forgot that one. That's a good one. Uh, it's amazing when you think about it. And this is for all the shows on this station. Mm-hmm. The amount of things you say that are sports related that can be misconstrued as dirty is hilarious. Right. Now, there's a lot of things on primetime that they say that are dirty that I then drop and keep as dirty. Right. But th- some of these are like, that is, that's just us talking about sports. Who doesn't like a good rubby action? That was for Rubby De La Rosa. You know? Yeah. You know, what's where, where's where's the good one? There's There's another really, really great one. That's a lot of time spending on your knees. And like I'm talking like about, you were enunciating that just to make sure. I know sure I'm talking dirty. about a catcher, but for some reason, not thinking about it, I slow down and pause on your knees. And he would lift it, and the tip would always touch, and it would make things go off. That <laughs> you was even pause. Like, how do I get out of this? No, that was an intentional Can't switch to be it. dirty, but still be vague about it. Yeah, I don't Unshining know. moment. <laughs> and a half hour later, it's still in your mouth. <laughs> what was that about? I don't know. You gotta just gotta clench your fist real tight and make sure it's popping out and you just bam. You know, like I don't even know what that was. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. I've been staring at that drop. I've been listening to that drop for like three years and I have no idea where it came from. No clue. I mean, I feel like that's all of these drops. I don't remember any of them. One shining moment was from the tournament. I remember that. I think I remember rubby. I think I remember a little rubby action. And I think I remember that. I think I remember those. The drinking sound. Yeah. That. <laughs> but outside nom, that, nom, nom. I don't remember that, but I say it all the time. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, yeah the I nom, do that nom, all the time. That's a little cookie monster, but also a little, like, internet lingo. Yeah, yeah. It's a little it's, reddity. It's hard to get down the throat. Like, why on earth would I ever say that? I don't know. But it's funny. It's hard to get down the throat. I'm really leaning on the V. That's an MVP com- that conversation. That is an MVP conversation. That is an MVP conversation. I do know that. I do know that. Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. Drops he's already on top thing. of him when he's going down. That is, that is certainly... He's already on top of him when he's going down. I don't know what sport that is, but it's something to do with the sport. I don't know what it is. Balls though. are involved. Paul's are involved, yes, in every way, in shape and form. Um, but, I, I mean, if that's baseball-related, what on earth was I talking about? I have no idea, dude. So Drop. I'm just going to put my mouth under the nozzle and just pull. That was about drinking beer. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah, and that was the closed music. So you were like, I'm going to go home and put my mouth under the nozzle and pull. I am so excited to slurp up my favorite pitcher in baseball. That is Jacob DeGrom! 
That is Jacob deGrom. Yeah. That is about Jacob deGrom. And I'll bet you that was not last season. That's the season before. Hadn't They're not touching the base. <laughs> Hadn't even won one of his two Cy Youngs yet. I'm going to go ahead and not even be coy about it. I'm going to poke Patrick Harris. Yeah, I yeah. like it. I like it. I did poke you. You know, I think more shows. I got you worked up. I think more shows on this station should talk about their drops more, like where they were born. We do on primetime all the time. Do you guys? Yeah. I don't listen because to Because there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot, gee, thanks. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of times we're like, what is that from? And a lot of the times the texters will remember. They'll be like, oh, it was from this conversation. Duh. And it's like, oh, idiot. And you're like, I do this five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like, I listen weeks five a days year. a week. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the listeners are great and they, uh, they tend to remember. I don't know if our listeners are going to be able to remember half of these drops, but that's okay. I just get off at weird times. That's about work. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And a cascade of booze rained down from the stands. Yeah. Yeah. We did it, Mike. You got to be in to do it. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Doesn't have a huge load either. What does that mean? <laughs> what is that? Maybe Am I talking about Ka- Kawhi Leonard? Maybe. Why has he got load management? He doesn't have a huge load anyway. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, the Beers on Us Beers on Us podcast will drop tomorrow around 4 o'clock. You can get that wherever you get your podcast. Should be a really fun one. There's some In the Brews news and some, and some fun beer of the week. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we'll be back next week as the Ducks will have coaches show from 7 to 8. So we'll be here from 8 to 10 after Dark Style as we like it. Um, okay. For Mike Lynch, I'm Patrick Harris. Maybe we'll see Joe next week. Maybe not. Either way, we'll hold this down. This is the Hot Corner Portland Sports Leader. Go home and do something I would do, like try and get it down the throat. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.